1: There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's at deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. there's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Whoa. And the driving jam time. And the Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Come back, pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, Sports Open Line on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, diving back into the world of sports. You know, it's Sports Open Line after all. The microphone keeps moving on its own. So when you hear that like this, that's not me. I'm not doing this. Not my stomach making a weird noise. I'm not hungry. I didn't just have something weird for dinner. That's the microphone. It just moves. This is what it does. When you hear it, just know that. It's not my fault. (laughs) <laughs> not that you care. I, I want to jump in on a, a different topic here. It's good talking baseball in the last hour. And you're welcome, by the way, again, in this hour, no matter when we're talking, I want to make sure I point this out more often when we're doing Sports Open Line. Like the text line is always open. You don't have to call in and wait on hold. You can send multiple texts if you want. Uh, 314-436-7900. And I want to mix them in when we're doing normal conversation like we're doing tonight. Uh it's a little tougher when you're doing guests or whatever, but you know, normal conversation, whether it's me, um, uh, my buddy Chris Ranji will be in again next week when it's the two of us. The text line will be open for 314 436 I'd be curious if anybody wants to chime in on the story today that I jumped in on Twitter on. Uh, this was former NFL quarterback Jeff Garcia. He he uh he was not happy that Mina Kimes of ESPN said that Jimmy Garoppolo did not play well this past weekend. And I don't I don't have a problem with him thinking that. You know, look, he's a former quarterback. He might, you know, he knows the Niners. He does work for them on TV in the local market. So he probably does have some insight that the rest of us don't when it comes to, for example, game plan. Like what were they asking Garoppolo to do? You know, were they were they telling him, hey, listen, no matter what you do this week, just don't turn it over. You know, that's all we're asking of you. Don't turn it over. The conditions aren't good. Our defense is is, is holding Aaron Rodgers. We just don't want the big mistake that hurts us. So we're going to be cautious with our play calling, and we're going to ask you to prioritize not turning the ball over. Because when you look at Garoppolo's numbers from the game this weekend, they're not very good. He 11 of 19 for 131 yards but he didn't turn the ball over. Well actually he did. He, he, he threw a pick. So I think the argument that a quarterback who had a 57 quarterback rating pretty good argument that that was a bad day. Now Aaron Rodgers wasn't a heck of a lot better, which is kind of the point here. Um you know, it was a it was it was a low scoring, tight, ugly, bad weather game. Now, I'm not saying this is my opinion. I thought Jimmy Jimmy G was kind of crappy. I agree with Mina Kimes. But what I'm saying here is if there was a difference of opinion from somebody like Jeff Garcia and you want to disagree with the opinion, wonderful. In that case, your expertise as a former player comes into play, right? You know when you're looking at the formation or when you're looking at play calling, but you know what you're looking at and you can explain however you think you should explain it. But what Jeff Garcia did was drop the card, drop the old, you didn't play, so you don't know card. So here's what he here's what he tweeted. And this was a response to Mina Kimes saying Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play well. No personal attack. No overly complex analysis. Just saying he did not play a good game. And Garcia's response was, who the hell is Mina Kimes and when is the last time she threw a touchdown pass in a game? Never, ever, all caps, by the way. Never, ever has she taken a snap or can truly understand the ability, the mindset, the physical and mental toughness that it takes to play the quarterback position or any position in the NFL. The fact that there are people out there given a platform to talk about something that they have never done is hilarious. And that's how you should have to look at her. She's a joke. So let's just laugh at her and support Jimmy. Root on our Niners to go out and beat the living blank out of one more team. That's what it takes. She will never know that feeling. Can I get an amen? And then he closes all that out with peace. (laughs) Hey, guys. He just went on this long rant, basically saying, I'm a giant jerk. Peace. And this is is a place where it's not – I want to be clear. This is not something that only former and current athletes do. Like, a lot of people – who have an expertise in something, have this same approach. And this is nonsense. Every single word that Jeff Garcia said in that rant was nonsense. Well, actually, that's not true. It's true to say that Mina Kimes has never taken a snap in the NFL, right? Doesn't know what it's like to throw a touchdown. But you know what? Neither do I. I never played football. Never played football in the NFL. I know when it looks like a bad pass. I know what a good game looks like. I know what a bad game looks like. And to tell me that I don't because I never played quarterback is idiotic. By the way, you don't think that, uh, and I don't know, I didn't really go through Jeff Garcia's history, but is he doing this every week with Stephen A. Smith and his hot takes on the NFL? Is he doing this every week with Skip Bayless and Colin Cowherd or anybody else that never played the game that has a voice? Chris Berman never played in the NFL. He's covered the league forever and has voiced many opinions over the years about teams and wins and players and all that. Why is this the energy when it's Mina Kimes? And we all know part of this is right. Part of this is I'm an old football player and I don't want girls talking about my sport. What does a girl know? Which is so stupid. Like you'll accept the opinion of dudes who have never played football or at least not call them out. But you're going to go after Mina Kimes, who does a good job, by the way. And this is the thing that there are a couple of levels to this. And I'm going to get into one of them now, and then we'll get into one of them in the next segment. But the two levels of this that I want to talk about are, one, this idea that you have to have done something to have an opinion about it. And the other one that I'm going to get into in the next segment is, this isn't rocket science, you idiot. It's a sport. This isn't that complicated. It's hard to do, but hard to do and hard to conceptualize are two different things. But let's talk about this idea that you have to have experience in something. You have to have done something at the highest level to be allowed to have the most basic opinion. Because, again, keep in mind, this wasn't a case of Mina Kimes saying, You know, he showed really bad footwork in the pocket and he looked like he got a little panicky and boy, he didn't follow through very well. And he was leaning back like this wasn't like a really detailed criticism of Jimmy Garoppolo's mechanics or, you know, something like that, which would be the area that a former player is going to know. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be a former player to know these things. There are tons of guys who never played that are amazing coaches. So they know how to do these things. They know how to teach them and coach them, but they they weren't they couldn't do them. Like how many NFL games did Bill Belichick play in? I think the answer is 0. I'm pretty sure. You know how many football games Nick Saban played in? Nick Saban's 5 foot 4, man. You think he's okay? You think he knows a little bit about what he's doing? You don't have to have experience doing something. To be able to understand it, especially when we're talking about it at the most basic level, which is, in this case, a good performance versus a not good performance. I don't think that's a radical opinion. Now, again, if Jeff Garcia had any shred of common sense, if there was even a little bit of logic working in that brain there, you would have just said, no, 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 listen, Mina, that's wrong. Here's why it's wrong. He did this, this, and this, and this. This is what he was asked to do. These are things that are his fault. These are things that are not his fault. So it's more complex. than That would have been a perfectly viable answer. Even if he's not right, it's still a rational way to disagree. But to simply dismiss someone else's viewpoint because they haven't played at the highest level is silly. So my tweet about this whole thing was, so I'm to assume that Jeff Garcia's only opinions in life are about playing quarterback since that's what he did professionally. Based on his logic, he can't have opinions about politics, music, movies, or anything that he hasn't actually done in his career. And this is the problem with that mindset. And we and again, I understand the tendency as someone who's done something at the highest level to say someone that hasn't done it doesn't know what I know. That's true. That's not incorrect. But it doesn't mean that we can't see the most basic of things. And I'm sure Jeff Garcia's got his own political views, for example. He's never held political office. I'm sure he has views about taxes and the role of religion in politics and how things should be going in schools. Well, he's never done any of those things. He's never been You've never been a lawmaker that writes tax code. Never been a teacher. I mean, again, I'm just randomly making stuff up. I don't know if he cares about any of those things. But these are all things that all of us have opinions about in the world, and we've never done those things. So if we're going to be held to that standard, if we're all going to be held to that standard, then none of us would be allowed to have opinions about anything. I can't watch a movie and say, that movie was bad. Well, I've never made a movie. I've never acted, I've never directed, I've never produced, never shot the movie. I don't know what I'm talking about. What do you mean I don't know? I know what I saw and I know whether it's good or not. You're telling me that I can't go out to a restaurant and say my food is bad? I've never been a chef. How do I know? How do I know? Maybe it's supposed to be crusty and burnt. I'm not a chef. I don't know. Jeez. What I don't understand is why in 2022 this is still a thing. Like, how can you be such a goofball that you don't understand this? And the problem is, in my opinion, you can argue with me if you'd like. The problem with this is in sports, too often the elite, and by the elite, I mean all the guys that make it to the pros. Because if you make it to the pros, you're elite. <laughs> I mean, you're the top 1% of the top 1%. I think the problem is you're so insulated from everybody else for so much of your life that you just don't think of those things. You just react like, well, they don't know what we're doing. Well, yeah, 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 okay. But we can still see the basics. You know, I've never played quarterback. I mean, I've thrown a football before. I mean, everybody's done that. But I've never played a quarterback. I've never played quarterback. But I can tell you, I know when a quarterback's mechanics look like crap from watching football for 25, 30 years, from listening to smart people who do know those things, and also having a little bit of similar expertise in knowing about throwing mechanics in another sport. So, yeah, I can see if someone's not transferring their weight well, throwing off their back foot, dropping their throwing arm for, uh, unintentionally. So, I mean, you know, some guys like Mahomes, they'll sling that thing on purpose. Some guys do those things unintentionally. The other part of this is what I want to get into next. And this is the next part, I think, is a little bit simpler part. But in addition to, of course, we can have opinions about things that we're not expert in. I just want to get back. I want to reinforce this point that, like, what we're seeing in the NFL is not rocket science. We're not talking about a manned mission to Mars here, it's just sports. And it's not that complicated. And we're going to talk about the basic fundamental building blocks that allow us all to get sports, even though a lot of people inside like to tell us it's a lot more complicated than it is. We'll get to that next up on Camel. Listen to every MLB game live. the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is kind. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League Good to be back with you on a Thursday night. I thought if I was going to go on that long rant in the last segment about how it's not that complicated, we are all qualified if we have basic fundamental understandings of how sports work to have basic opinions about good or bad performances. Um, you know, again, I, I I think it's important to know that a lot of people who never played any games at the highest level are some of the best coaches in sports, regardless of the sport. And I you know I think you have to you have to acknowledge that it's, That knowledge and and understanding are not the same thing as ability. Ability, like this is the kind of, and this takes me to the topic here. The the overarching theme of this argument for this segment is that sports are not rocket science. This stuff is not that complex. Now, it's really hard to do. (laughs) So there's there is this like that, and I think that's partly why professional athletes, and and, and retired ones. I think it's why they're a little defensive about the criticism from the outside because what they're doing is really hard. And, yes, I think it's important to understand that. It is unbelievably difficult. I mean, you're talking about such a tiny percentage of the population of the world that are talented enough and have worked hard enough to do these jobs. It's incredibly hard physically, mentally, time, you know, when it comes to the time that it takes. But that doesn't make it complicated. You know, I mean, what what sports are about, and I I, I know it sounds like I'm making sports seem boring here, but it's not really because it's the how that's the fun part, like how these things work. But sports are nothing more than physics, geometry, and time. That's what they are. That's what we understand, right? You got the application of force in one way or another. That's the physics side. How does a ball fly? How, you know, what makes it fly? What makes it spin? What makes it curve? There's the geometry, the angles that it takes to create the best force, whether you're tackling somebody or hitting a baseball or checking someone into the boards or you know, leaping off the floor to dunk. The, the geometry, the angles matter. And then time. Well, actually, I'll throw time and space together. That'll sound more like science. Time and space. How much space do you have? And how, what does that relate to the time that you have? And those two things are a bit of a sliding scale. If you have more space, you probably have more time. If you have less space, you probably have less time to complete the action that is necessary. But that's all it really is. It's basic. Basic scientific principles, but they're played out by human beings, so there's a lot of variables as to how they work, and they're unpredictable, which is the fun, because it constantly changes. Every play, and within every play, things change, but the concepts are not complicated. This is not string theory. This isn't the theory of relativity. It's not neurosurgery. We're not building probes to go into deep space this is the point that I'm saying it's not an easy thing to do to win a Super Bowl to play quarterback to be a good hitter to score 30 points a game in the NBA to score a goal in the NHL these things are not easy to do they're very difficult to do but they're super easy to understand They're not concepts that the average person just can't identify with. And I think that's where we have to start paying more attention and where, you know, again, to be fair, you know, this is not something that all athletes or professional athletes do, not something that all lawyers do or all politicians do, although a lot of them do it. When it comes to if you didn't do this, you can't understand it. They don't all do that. In fact, a lot of people that played the game actually defended Mina Kimes against, you know, Jeff Garcia's stupid message on Instagram. And, you know, you saw a lot of good responses about that. I I saw a lot of people with, you know, like, like, listen, dude, I mean, (laughs) she's not the only person that said that, so why did you single her out? Why aren't you coming at these other players that have said that, former players that have said that? Well, because then it's a hard fight. It's not as easy as as using um, someone like Mina Kimes to be the straw man right? That's your straw man. Knock it down. Ooh, look, I'm a tough guy. Knock down the straw man. Just in this case, you know, had Mina's name on it. But no matter how complex an offensive or defensive scheme is, the only reason we don't know about the intricacies of that thing is because these coaches keep everything secret. They just don't want to tell us. And I get it. They shouldn't tell us because it's those secrets, those ways that they do things that other people don't. That's how they succeed. Okay, but if any defensive coordinator sat you or me down and just wanted to show us how it worked, we would totally understand it. But not having that information is not the same as not being able to comprehend it or even analyze it. There's some guys that do great work all over the Internet, TV, satellite radio, whatever. Who break down the film? Who were never players, and they were never high level coaches, but they've learned all these concepts. Some of them played in high school, maybe even a little bit of college, but they didn't play in the NFL. But they understand, what, you know, how how plays are designed. They can see how they're designed. They, you know, there, there's a basic fundamental structure to everything done in in sports, and everybody that has studied those things understands them. And I will say this too. I think there's a generation of people now that probably do understand these things better than ever before because you grew up playing Madden or you grew up playing a game on sports where you you can see it. You can't it's not again not the same as doing it, but you still get the idea of what it looks like. And you know where your hot read is, for example, or even what a hot read is people that have a lot more of a of an of an understanding of this even when they're 13 14 years old but at their root like anything we can do in baseball is pretty simple to understand <laughs> doing it is the hard part this is why i always i always get mad when when people text in or call in or hit me up on twitter and say about base, Major League Baseball, well, you know, if hitters weren't so stubborn and they would just go the other way, you know, they'd get more hits and there would be more action. And they like, the truth is, that is not true. Like, the absolute, that is absolutely not as easy to do as you make it sound. Now, again, conceptually, it makes sense, right? We watched Tony Gwynn do it. We watched Wade Boggs do it. We've seen other great hitters do it. Mike Trout's pretty good at it, by the way. Mike Trout's not a dead pull hitter. And the best hitters, by the way, the very best, can do those things. Not every hitter can, though. But as you as you point out, as all of us that are baseball fans point out, it's not hard to see that you would be better off being able to do that. The problem is it's very difficult to do given the circumstances that you're facing. Yeah, you know, tell, tell Matt Carpenter to go the other way on 97 up and in. Which is where people people are pitching him. They're going up and they're going hard in, soft away, and then they're playing the shift because hard in, soft away is going to be is going to lead to balls being pulled. It's much easier said than done. And by the way, by by having that approach, a hitter is sacrificing the power that teams want from players, and power is what gets paid. Using the football example of, of this, right. If you're a quarterback that can't make big plays, that that can only you know hit dump offs, and you know you're accurate, you're smart, you you, you know your timing is good, but you just don't have the same comfort level as others going down the field. You're not going to be a starting quarterback, or you're not going to be a star. You're you're, you're not going to be Aaron Rodgers. You're not going to be the guys that that oh, Tom Brady, like the the top end of the top end. You have to be as a quarterback to be to be a top end. You've got to be able to 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 throw the ball to all parts of the field and have success some some level of success doing it. And you know it, it's one of those things that again, much easier said than done. Most of the time, it's only the best of the best that are capable of doing it. But none of these things are are hard to understand. They're just hard to do, and I think we have to get past that in sports. The whole, you know, you didn't do it, so you can't understand it. Therefore, you can't have an opinion. Like, eh, okay, it's not that complicated. All right, apparently, owning a hockey team in Arizona is very complicated. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there was some news this evening about this uh, related to the Arizona Coyotes, who are being kicked out of their current stadium at the end of the year. The city of Glendale does not want them and is kicking them out because the lease is up this year, and they do not want to renew the lease because the Arizona Coyotes are that bad of a tenant. They would rather have nothing than have the Coyotes. I'll explain that and where they're actually thinking about playing. Oh, God. This is the NHL. Oh, my God. We'll get to that next on KMOX. All right. Sometimes I just can't believe things that happen are happening in professional sports. And and I don't just mean like, you know, professional as in minor league. I'm talking about major league sports, you know, NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL, NBA. I, I couldn't believe this when I saw this story this earlier today. So uh, let's see what time did this come around? This was uh, well, it was earlier. It was during the day today. Story came out from Sportsnet in Canada. That the Arizona Coyotes are working on a multi year deal starting next year to play in a 5,000 seat college arena. Arizona State is apparently building a new arena for their team. And the Coyotes are working on a deal to play there for what, according to the stories, and Craig Morgan from uh, Sportsnet was the guy that tweeted this. That they're looking at doing this for for the next three to four years. So an NHL team. A major league sport. is going to spend three or four years playing in a 5,000 seat college arena. That's how badly they've screwed up in Arizona. Alex Maruelo is the owner. It's been a disaster. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there have been all kinds of stories about front office dysfunction, uh, hostile workplace. Uh, they don't pay their bills, and if they do, they don't pay them on time. They just had to pay a big tax bill that they were like two years behind on. They've been behind on rent in Glendale, which is why the city is kicking them out of the stadium at the end of the year. They almost I-, I mentioned this. This was, what, maybe a month ago. They almost got kicked out this year they hadn't paid their rent, and the city had to threaten them that we will not let you in the arena if you don't pay by this date, which means if you have games, guess what? You don't get to come to work. All of these things by themselves should be massive embarrassments to the NHL. You've got a team that wasn't paying its local tax bill, has, it, has had problems paying its rent on time. They've had problems, according to the stories I've read out of Arizona, they've had problems paying their vendors on time and and fulfilling contracts. And it got so bad that they are now being kicked out of the stadium. The people of Glendale, the, the city of Glendale, would rather have no NHL team than have the Coyotes. They would rather take those home dates and find anything else to put there. I don't know what else. I'm sure concerts, whatever they can. But you're not going to fill up all 41 of those. Certainly not right away. But it's they think it's a better deal for them to just not have the Coyotes. That's how bad it is having the Coyotes as your tenant. And now they've put themselves in a position where they have to be in, in a stadium that is one-third the size of the smallest NHL arena. Winnipeg's arena is 15,000 plus. So you are now going to a place that is one third of the smallest arena. You currently, by the way, Arizona currently draws more than 11,000 fans per game. So for the next three or four years, you have to tell more than half of the people that come to your games that they can't come to your games anymore. How can you how is the league not taking this team away from the ownership group? How is the league not stepping in and saying if you can't if you if you have screwed this up to the point where you have to play three or four years in a college arena, if you have screwed it up to this point, you shouldn't own a team. It should never even get to this. I understand you know you don't have many options now. You know, Glendale's basically told you, you know, bug off. And you don't have time to build a new arena by next year. You don't want to go play in another market because then your market in Arizona is going to dry up. But you've had all of this time to either be a better tenant and, and negotiate an extension with Glendale or get something going or, God forbid, pay for your own damn stadium as opposed to milking taxpayers of some city or county for it. And now we have the embarrassment of an NHL team having to play in an amateur arena for three or four years. If, if you're another owner in the NHL, I don't know how you look at this Without calling Gary Bettman and saying we have to take this franchise away from them, that's the only way we can save face in this. If you, if put, let me, let me, let me personalize this to you. You know, if you're, if you're a hockey fan, or even if you're not, just think of yourself as a sports fan. If that happened to the team that you care about, how would you even? How would you even look at them down the road? Would you? I mean. You're not going to, even if, who's going to build you a new stadium when you have to go three or four years through this embarrassment and come out on the other end and, hey, everybody, we got a new building, come fill it up. Nobody's going to do that. Plus, they're also not in a good spot hockey-wise, although I guess this buys you time, right? Everybody's going to ignore you for three or four years because they can't come to your games. Now, I don't know how this is okay with the NHLpa to be honest with you that's not going to be an NHL style facility it's a new facility so I'm sure it's going to be better than your typical college arena but that's not going to have NHL style facilities they're not going to have all the things that a professional franchise should have I guess the Arizona coyotes could pay to put those in into this new into this new arena but I it's this is I I can't think of anything worse than this. And I know that, you know, they're trying to get a new stadium, they're trying to get something done in Tempe, which is just outside of Phoenix. Obviously, they're on the other side, you know, the Scottsdale side, Glendale and all that. But their proposal is right now not likely to pass. Because obviously, again, think of it. As you're a taxpayer in Arizona. Are you really going to pay for that? This team is mismanaged as badly as this one is, has all the problems that they do, weren't paying their rent at their current stadium, and you're going to give them a new one and pay for it? All right. I, I, I'm sorry. I feel like I probably went a little too long ranting on that. I'm just, that's probably the most infuriating sports story I've seen in a long time. And it doesn't even impact a team that I care about. That is just a flat-out embarrassment for the entire sport. And again, we're talking about ineffective leadership here. In fact, let's finish on that note. The ineffective leadership we have in professional sports right now. Gary Bettman is booed everywhere he goes in the NHL. Nobody likes him. Nobody thinks he does a good job. And by nobody, I mean your customers. Obviously, the owners are cool with him because he's there. Roger Goodell gets booed wherever he goes. He doesn't do the, you know, he gets out there to open the draft. Hi, everybody. I'm Roger Goodell. This is the draft, and people are like, boo. Get out of here, you bum. Baseball fans despise Rob Manfred. I don't know. I, I mean, as far as I can tell, everybody seems to like Adam Silver in the NBA. But how did we get to this place where leadership in three of the four major sports just stinks? We'll get to it next on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Live. And it's a gunner. A personal injury law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. Meyerjensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. So let's finish up on this note of leadership in sports. You know, I mean, I just ranted about the, the Arizona Coyotes' ridiculousness and um, the fact that the the commissioner and the league and other owners are not taking any stronger action than they are to fix that situation in Arizona. I gotta tell you, I I makes me, it made me start to think about, didn't really plan on getting into this, but it's kind of where the conversation went. It got me thinking about, you know, the, the overall leadership in the four big sports in the U S. And really, if I include college sports, the, the leadership at the NCAA level is even bigger clown show than what we're talking about in, in the NBA, I'm sorry, the NFL, NHL, and major league baseball. And by leadership I mean the face of the sport the person that is supposed to be the law right I mean that's kind of what the commissioner is right the commissioner is the law and I don't know that there's ever been less respect for for this many you know leaders in in these positions in my lifetime and maybe it's just because we know more now and there's information out there that wouldn't have been 30 years ago but Gary Bettman is universally disliked amongst hockey fans and and really amongst the players too. Same is true for Rob Manfred. Every I mean he's the butt of every joke. I mean he's very stiff, doesn't show that he cares about the game. Talks about the game like he doesn't understand, like the way fans see the sport. He's just a pit bull for ownership. That's what he is. That's you know Roger Goodell is not so much the pit bull. Roger Goodell is the bulletproof shield, right? He's the riot shield for the owners. He just takes all the bullets. You know, they all line up behind him when, when the stuff starts to hit the fan, and he just stands there with that shield, and he's like, it's okay, I got you guys. I'll take the bullets. And I'm, I'm trying to think about this, you know, during the break, too. Like, why? Why are we in this position where in three of the four major sports, the fan bases despise the, the commissioner? Look, there's always a little bit between you know the regular people like us and people in positions of power. There's always a little bit of tension, right? There's always going to be some some mistrust. There's always going to be a little something. But I think I figured it out. I'm not sure. This is a, a a theory, much more than it is a statement of fact. But I really think that ever since. The TV money in sports locked in the profits. They just don't care about customer service. They just don't. Roger Goodell knows that no matter you know, matter what he does, football fans are still going to be there. Those TV contracts are guaranteed deals. They know that football games draw, right? We know this... <laughs> 91 of the top 100 TV shows in 2021 were NFL games. 48 of the top 50. They know it. So there's no danger. Like, no matter what they do wrong, they're still going to make money. Even when ratings go down in small periods of time, they always come back. But even if the ratings are down, the TV's money is still guaranteed. And because... It's still a much bigger draw than anything else on TV. They're still going to get those contracts in the future. And in baseball, we've talked about this a lot. You know, teams like the Marlins and the Pirates, they're insulated from having to run their business well. They just don't have to. You can run the business poorly and still make a lot of money. You're you're insulated by the TV contracts. Now, the NHL is not quite that comfortable. So I'm not sure that the explanation holds as well there. And, you know, again, it feels like the only commissioner that's reasonably well accepted by all fans of the the sport, probably not all, but by a large percentage, is Adam Silver. He seems to be the one. and, And I do think he does a better job of understanding the customer and speaking to the customer in a way that he shows that he understands them. You know, Rob Manfred always comes across as terse, right? He's like he's like that annoying science teacher you had. Like, he's just always serious. No talking! Like, I don't know, he just looks like, he's always got that face on, like he's ready to bark at you. Goodell's like the big frat bro that was wealthy and just like looked down on everybody else. Like, that's his, that's his affect. It may not be what he acts like. It may not be who he is, but that's what he comes across like. And then Batman comes across like he's just like I don't know. Batman comes across as just kind of a kind of a toady. You know what I mean by that, Pajeski? Do you get that when you say somebody's a toady? Yeah. It just means you're you're a lackey. You're 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 the dude that just kind of like kisses the boots of your boss. Like I don't. Th- I think one of the knocks on Batman is and and from hockey fans and I feel this way too, but I know I've heard it from other hockey fans for years. He just doesn't get the game. He doesn't seem like he's a fan of the sport that he's in charge of. And I'm sure he is. But again, you don't act like it. You don't seem like it. One thing that fans really, 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 really want is to believe that the leader in the sport, the commissioner, the owner of their team, that those people care about the game as much as they do as fans. That's one thing that I, I, I think has been universally true in me talking to fans of all sports for the last 25, 26 years. Is that you always want to think that the people in charge care as much as you do. And when they when you don't think that they do, and some cases they do, in some cases they don't, but probably more often than not, they do care because they have a financial interest in it. But they don't have the same emotional interest that you do in, in many cases. And I think that the ability to connect on that is a big deal. And I think that's where Adam Silver gets it. He's a better communicator. You, would you guys, any of you out there, especially if you have a background in public speaking or um, you know communications, whatever, my biggest complaint about Rob Manfred and Roger Goodell and Gary Bettman is that they're terrible communicators. And I don't mean on the level that they have to be with, other, with owners or with other people in the league office. I mean with us. They are terrible at communicating their message to their fans, to their customer. And by the way, I think that's a massive problem in the world of politics too. People just, they, they're not good at it. Then they end up stepping on themselves. And then they end up only really trying to please the people they know already agree with them anyway, which, I mean, great. Great. Guess what, guys? I can get all the people that agree with me to agree with me. Good job. Way to go, Sparky. Purple star for you. But I think that, you know, if there was a, there should be a greater priority. If you are essentially the CEO of the business, which is really what the, the commissioner is, you're the CEO of the whole business. The owners, they're they're the board members. They got the control. They can fire you, right? But you're the face. You're the voice. You're the leader. And when you're not good at leading, when you're not good at sending the right message, you get where we are now with three leagues that everybody thinks are run by either jerks or idiots. Thanks for jumping in, guys. We appreciate it. We'll close it out tomorrow. I'll close out the week, I should say, tomorrow night with a good Friday night sports up line. You guys have a great night. We'll catch you tomorrow.
0: Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spare over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone
1: 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without auto pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without autopay Plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. CTmobile.com.